a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in fury. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons. This week on the Million Dollar Plan with Pete the Planner, Barb from one of my audiences this week up in Detroit asked an amazing question. And I told Barb her question was so good, we're going to dedicate an entire radio show to it so that's what we're doing today thanks to barb we're talking how do you turn around everything when you've had 25 to 30 years of certain habits which which lead to different results which aren't good results how do you turn around in the last 10 to 15 years of your career we're going to call this episode the turnaround episode right the turnaround episode of the million dollar plan you can, of course, uh, listen uh, here on this radio network. You can uh, listen to the podcast. You can find that at iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can watch it at PeteThePlanner.tv where you're going to see my new wood. Yep, we got an entire new wood wall behind us because wood walls mean classy. And I don't know, but it's beautiful. It's like a pine. I don't know anything about wood, but it's a lovely wood, and it really brings out my skin tones. That, I'm wearing a white shirt today, so I'm really pasty, and I look pink and white. I look like a a peppermint disc today, so check that out on PeteThePlanner.tv. Man, it's good to be back with you. Here's what we're doing today. We're, we're talking about how do you turn around your financial life if uh, after years and years, decades and decades, you've been doing it one way. Now, we measure everything around here via the power percentage. Here's a, a quick synopsis of what power percentage is and why it matters to you. Your power percentage measures how efficient you are with your income. Now, it measures how much of your uh, income is going to either pay off debt or save for the future. It measures how wise your financing decisions have been from a housing perspective. It measures how much debt you're paying off, like I said. And it also, and most importantly, as you get closer to retirement, it t- takes into account uh, how independent you will be of your work income, right? Because that's why you can't retire. Now, you, you've got a lot of reasons why you can't retire, but the reason you can't retire is you haven't been able to become independent for the need of the income that's coming in now. Like you can retire when you don't need your money anymore, right? I know that sounds overly simplistic, but that's the way you should think about it. If you're making $100,000 a year right now, Social Security and your assets will only produce $50,000 a year, then you need to become dependent only on $50,000 a year and not the $100,000 you currently are dependent on. Now, if you are making $100,000 a year and you are only dependent on those $50,000 a year, you are financially independent. You're income independent and you could probably retire. But to Barb's question, let's say you are not. So what are the signs that you are not doing well financially, whether you're in your 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, or 60s, how do you know? And see, this is the big point of why we created Power Percentage. If you want to know how to figure it, go to the Million Dollar Plan podcast, episode 120, and we show you how to figure it. Or you can go to PeteThePlanner.com slash power dash percentage. That's PeteThePlanner.com slash power dash. That's a hyphen. Do you just say dash or hyphen? No one knows. But anyway, just Google Power Percentage from Pete the Planner. So here's how we know you're struggling right now. I don't care how old you are. This is how I know whether you're struggling right now. Now, there's the classics, like you don't have a lot of assets, right? 
if you're listening to this program right now and you're 55 years old and you look at what you have saved for retirement and you go, oh, it's not going to be enough. Okay. That's a pretty good sign that, that you're in trouble or you're 55 years old, 50 years old. And you look up and you say, oh man, I got a lot of debt. Also a good sign that we're in trouble because you've got maybe 15 years left in the workforce and you've got to find a way to not only uh, get out of that debt, to maintain your current lifestyle, but then put enough money away for the future. So you'll actually have a lifestyle in retirement. Now, it's it's funny if you listen to radio commercials or TV commercials or you read even ads in the Wall Street Journal as to what people think their retirement problems are, right? We're all convinced that our retirement problem is risk, right? When you think about this for a second, you think about retirement and you say, man, I can't afford to lose any money. I'm scared of what the market's going to do. It's at all-time highs. What, what's going to happen? Therefore, my big problem here is risk. No, it's not. Your problem is only risk if you have your retirement fully funded and you're just hanging on for a few years until you shut it down. That is when risk is an issue. Otherwise, if you're not fully funded, your issue is not risk. Your issue is your behavior, right? That's what's not fun about this. The more we study people's financial behavior and what they do with their income, the more I realize um, it, this is really all about looking in the mirror and saying, uh, yeah, this is on me. I mean, we all have circumstances. I mean, we, we all have circumstances that it, in life's events that lead us to where we are financially, divorces, uh, major medical situations, job loss. You know, and, and it's easy to say, well, this is not my fault. This is someone else's fault. But if you're looking at retirement planning and you are not currently prepared for retirement, you, you, can't, you can't in good conscience go, well, I mean, that's on somebody else. Because that means someone else is the only person that can fix it. Like I, I, th this whole idea of what we're talking about today is to, to just take a deep breath and answer a very simple question. Are you on a path to a successful retirement? Yes or no? I'll wait. I'll wait. Are you on a path to successful retirement? If you are, then you're in the minority of people, right? So don't think, uh, well, of course, yeah. I mean, if, if, if as you listen to this right now, just know if you say, yeah, I'm on a path to successful retirement, you are in a very small minority, a very small minority. If you're listening to this and go, kinda, you're lying to yourself. There's no kinda. So this, this is where I've gotten to recently. You are either on a path to a successful retirement or you are not, okay? Unfortunately, most people think there's this giant category in the middle that's kind of. No, there is no, it can't be half pregnant, right? This is, you're either on a successful path to retirement or you are not. I think most people, I'm making up stuff here, 80% of people think they live in that space in between that is, uh, well, we're doing okay. That's still failure. And, and this isn't about me being a tough guy or me being judgmental. This is about me trying to get you to be honest with yourself. If you've learned nothing else by listening to my show over the years, is that math is not the issue in your financial life. Today, we've, we've discussed that risk is not even the issue in your financial life. Your issues all pertain to behavior, your behavior. And that's what we're trying to fix. So Barb, who asked me the best question I've received in years from an audience up in Detroit uh, this past week, her question more or less was, what if you look up, you got a low power percentage, you got 10 to 15 years left, 
and you realize that you are on a path to an unsuccessful retirement, you're on a path to failure. Is it too late? Was her question. Is it too late? Well, that's what we're examining this week. So what we're going to do, a couple more minutes for you here now. In the next segment, we're going to do our first cake, case, cake example would be delicious. We're going to do a cake example. I'm just going to eat cake and, and then you just listen to me eat cake. You know, first case uh, example, uh, case study, if you will, is uh, with a 50-year-old that is in not a great financial position and how to fix that in the last 10 to 15 years. Case example two, case study two, uh, and our third segment will be taking someone in their mid-30s and fixing them when they're broke. Now, if you're in your 20s listening to this and going, well, I'm broke too, how do you fix me? Well, first of all, it's a, it's a, it's a lot easier because you have time on your side. What we're going to realize very quickly about our first uh, case study here coming up after the break is that what is not uh, part of the equation is time. Time is as important as money. If you've wasted time, you'll never get that back. You can always earn more money. You can always work longer, but you cannot get back time. So if you're in your 20s and you're trying to, to turn around your financial life, just know what I'm not saying is you've got plenty of time to turn it around. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying turn it around now and then time will help your money compound and you'll get to a better uh, resolution. So that's it this week. That's what we're doing. I didn't mean that's it this week like we're going, but that's what we're doing this week is the turnaround story. Uh, during the break, go to PeteThePlanner.com. Find yourself uh, information on power percentage because that's what we're focusing on. I'm going to be honest with you. Over the next several years, that's all we're going to focus on. I mean, I, I've, I've run, I tried to break power percentage here in the last couple of weeks. It is the metric we use here to determine how ready someone is uh, financially for the next stages of their life. And so anytime you create a new metric or a new tool, it's your job as a tester of that tool or creator of the tool to try to break it. So what I did is I tested it against financial situations that I otherwise know to be very healthy. And I said, okay, so if I know this is a healthy situation, and then I put the power percentage metric to it, does it reinforce how healthy this situation really is? Or does it disagree? And time after time after time, what I found is that power percentage uh, identified situations that were previously shown to be good as bad, legitimately, or it reinforced that someone is good and or bad. If you've not run your power percentage yet, I know you're, you, I don't know what you're doing today. Do it. So go to PeteThePlanner.com to learn how. All right, coming up after the break, case slash cake study number one. I need to get some cake now. I don't even really like cake. Anyway, case study number one. We're going to take a 50-year-old that's power percentage is 15%. I don't think you'll be able to retire unless you're at 35% or more. This person's at 15%. How do we fix this? All that and more right here on the Million Dollar Plan. I am Pete the Planner. Stop what you're doing. And hit Pete up on Twitter at Pete the Planner. Question the right of any man. The voice his opinion is strong against any can. But then again, many men are citizens of their own little world, so they ain't really fitting in. I'm in the background blending in. Camouflage.
Dislodged by the scenery, but I'm a champion. Revamp the camp again. Put down the stamp again. Right, we're back on the million dollar plan with Pete the Planner this week. The turnaround story. Thanks to Barb in Detroit. Actually, it was in Birmingham, Michigan. Um, I've never been, I don't go to Detroit a lot. And uh, I don't even know if Birmingham is considered Detroit. Man, it's a nice place. Wow. It's a really nice place. Birmingham, Michigan. Who knew? Uh, so we're at a conference there. Uh, Barb asked the question, what if you realize that your power percentage is low and it probably has been low for the majority of your career and you've got 10 to 15 years left? Is it too late to turn it around? Uh, so that's our entire episode this week. Thanks, Barb. Uh, so here's our case example, case study. Number one, we're going to take a 50-year-old couple and we're going to give them some statistics, some made-up statistics, and we're going to show what a turnaround looks like. Is it possible? Again, this is all based on the premise that you either are on the path to a successful retirement or you are not, and there's absolutely no in-between, right? There is no in-between. You cannot say, eh, well, we're, we're kind of on the path. No, you're not. And here's the other challenge to this. If you say to yourself, oh, well, when this expense is gone, then we're going to crank our money towards retirement and that'll put us back on the path. You're unlikely uh, correct. You have to get on the path to success now. If you wait, it actually gets harder because of compounding and how time and money interact. Anyway, I get so caught up on that. Case example number one, uh, 50-year-old couple. $100,000 $100,000 of household income. Okay, so right now they're 50 years old. Their household take home or their household gross income is $100,000. Now, if you want to consider that to be that that is uh, two incomes to equal 100,000 or it's one income to equal 100,000, I don't really care. And of course, here's what you're doing. If you're in this range and you're interested in this topic, you're thinking, well, I make 180. Okay, we'll just make some adjustments in your mind here. Or you think, well, we don't make 100, we make 75. Okay, just make some adjustments in your mind. I had to pick a number, I'm picking 100. Number two, power percentage for this couple is 15%. 15%. How did they arrive at that? Well, they are homeowners. They have $150,000 left on their mortgage. So a portion of their power percentage at 15% is because they're paying their mortgage and the principal being paid back every month uh, contributes to that 15% power percentage. And they probably save a little bit towards retirement and they get a little bit of a match. They have $200,000 in retirement savings, 200,000 in retirement savings collectively at age 50. Now, as I went through these stats and I sort of created this persona of, of a person in their fifties, if anything is off here, it's that $200,000. Um, my gut tells me this situation that we're dealing with, a person wouldn't have 200,000. They'd probably have 120 to 150, but we're going to go with 200,000. Okay. So what we're trying to do with this person, they've lived 28 years in the workforce. They've got $200,000 to show for it from a behavior standpoint. They are, uh, on a scale of terrible to great, they're at, eh, their power percentage is 15%. What we know is if your power percentage is 10% or below, you're in big trouble. You're a disaster. And I know that seems harsh, but we're trying to be honest with ourselves and not candy coat stuff. 10% or below a power percentage is a disaster. These folks are at 15%, which is okay if you're in your 20s. If you're in your 50s and the goal is to be north of 35% uh, prior to retirement, then uh, we know we're in big trouble there. So where does a person start? What do they do? 
Number one, the very first place this person should start on their turnaround story, uh, and this will be controversial for the financial advisors listening to this, because I know a lot of financial advisors listen to this, is that I want them to figure out exactly how much they need to pay per month in order to make sure their mortgage is definitely paid off come retirement. And we're going to give uh, a retirement age of 67 to these people. Okay, so we've got 17 years to go. So how long will it take to um, put away uh, enough money towards retirement that, that $150,000 is paid off? That's the very first place to start. Because what we know is, if your housing is your biggest financial obligation, that is what needs to be eliminated prior to retirement. Because in retirement, what we know is your income is likely to go down from what it was during your working years. Therefore, we need to eliminate all obligations. And let's start with the biggest one, which is housing. So uh, that's the first place to start. Second place to go is we need to immediately crank up a power percentage by 5% or so. Okay, so the easiest way to do that is to crank up retirement savings directly with your 401k or 403b. If you need to use a Roth vehicle, that's fine too. Uh, don't get caught up in, well, I've got high fees in my 401k. I don't have good investment options. Those are important factors. But again, let's not blame other people. Let's make sure you have the behavior to get it done. So the, the next thing you need to do is to crank up your retirement savings for these people that are 50 years old that have a 15% power percentage, which isn't good. We need to get it higher and higher and higher. Now, uh, the question needs to be asked, how in the world are you going to fund these changes? And this is the hard part. I mean, well, I've described the easy part so far, which is to just uh, do some math and then put a bunch away for retirement. So that's the that's easy, right? You just do it. But how, how do you come up with the money to do that? That's the hard part. What do you have to adjust? What has to happen to uh, allow that to happen? Do you have to stop dining out? Do you have to stop going on vacation? Do you have to stop uh, supporting your uh, young adult children? What do you have to do? And, and this, is, this is where we've got to have a really frank conversation. The reason why, the, in this example, these people are at 15% power percentage is because they let all the other obligations and, and dreams and goals in their life um, have priority over the ultimate financial goal is reti of retirement. I know what you're thinking. The ultimate financial goal is not retirement. I, I know that's what you're thinking. But I'm telling you, it is. And I know, oh, should we, should we just live, live a, a rough life so we can retire successfully? Yeah, that's actually exactly what I'm saying. What people fail to understand is when your income goes away and all you have is Social Security, and then for a 20 to 30 to 40 year period of retirement, you have to survive on that? I mean, we're talking about a squirrel in winter trying to get enough nuts in the tree to survive. That's what we're talking about. What happens if that squirrel runs out of nuts two-thirds of the way through winter? Dead squirrel. Some hilljack's wearing it as a hat. That squirrel, he's going to find it. He's like, oh, I can make a hat out of this. You don't want someone making a hat out of you, do you? It's funny when I speak at these conferences, and I just, you know, we're having a good time telling a few yuck-yuck jokes, but then you crank up the rhetoric about what it is to fail financially, and, and it's like people never have considered this. And, and look, in the spirit of honesty, I don't know if I really considered it to this level uh, prior to five or six years ago. I'm 39, so 
mid thirty, early mid thirties, I was like, wait a second, what are the real options here? If I don't take care of business, the real options are you will be destitute back to case study number one. So they need to crank it up. So for example, uh, if they do exactly what I said, and this is without saving raises because saving raises is going to be the game changer. They will have $1.5 million at retirement. That is to take power percentage uh, to about 25%. They will need to be putting $20,000 a year away into their 401k. That's $1,666 a month, which includes their contribution as well as their employer match. And after 17 years to age 67, they would have $1.5 million which would provide $3,500 a month in net retirement income, and that's after taxes, but inflation adjusted about $2,300 a month. Now, here's the key. This is always the key once you hit 50. The moment you hit 50, do not ever, ever, ever absorb another pay raise. If you get a pay raise and you're 50 years old or older, do not let that go into your lifestyle at all. Sure. You're going to have cost of living increases, medical uh, expense increases, but do not absorb a pay raise north of 50. You make retirement incredibly difficult. What you need to do, if, you get a th- if you're 50 years old, you make $100,000 a year, you get a 3% raise, it's 103000 now, that 3000 should be saved. If you uh, make 103000 and now your lifestyle grows by that 3% in that, in that 12-month period until the next raise, it's over. You've lost. My goal, uh, truly mine, at 50 to not expand my lifestyle one iota. What we're trying to eliminate in a very forceful way is lifestyle creep, the concept of making more money and then increasing your lifestyle to creep up to that new income. So really the secret sauce in all of this, if you're 50 years old or, or, or older and you've not done what you need to do is to never absorb a pay increase again, ever to save every penny of that pay increase. Because two things will happen if you don't uh, save the pay increase. Number one, you will be heading towards a period of time in your life, retirement, in which you'll be making less money, yet on your way there in your 50s, you're going to require more and more and more money to survive every year heading up to retirement. So that alone is not good. Number two, uh, you, there's no way in the world you have enough assets accumulated off to the side, not enough nuts in the tree to, uh, to survive on. So Barb, the detailed answer to your question is this. If you crank your power percentage up significantly, you make sure your house is paid off. You, uh, get enough going into your retirement fund. And then every year you get a pay increase, every penny of that pay increase that doesn't go for healthcare increases, goes towards your retirement, then you can save what otherwise was a a poor path to a retirement outcome. Coming up after the break, we're going to do this a little more difficult. We're going to make this harder. You thought doing this at age 50 was hard. Wait until you take a 35-year-old with a couple kids and a a kid-driven lifestyle. How can they save their financial life? That's next here on The Million Dollar Plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Mr. Kinetic, Rusty Redenbacher, ATFU, and 
Naptown. Cashing in like the end of the game at the casino. I lean so the glare of the rearview don't hit me. Swiftly through the avenues and boulevards. Old soul playing on my speakers. Old soul but young and age of boss player. Not from the Himalayas, but my fam gave me Gary Indiana game. Grew up around the country, but the mindset was there. Ain't I won't complain about a damn thing on this beat. Axe hand got it slapping. Glass house, keep it funky. Words of the jams, drums clicking, clapping. We're back on the million dollar plan. I, of course, am. Uh, pizza planner uh going through the turnaround story what do you do if your power percentage stinks and you're willing to admit that you need it to go up in order to retire what do you do barb from birmingham michigan or where i was speaking this past week asked the question it was a great question i don't know how i've never gotten that question how is that probably spoken 2500 times in my life i've never got the question that eloquent uh as as what she asked question was uh let's say you go your whole career you got 10 15 years left and you have not had great habits you don't have a lot saved your power percentage is low what do you do well in our last segment we dealt with a case study of someone 50 years old now we're going to make it actually a little harder the reason we all struggle from time to time not only in fitness but in nutrition and with money is because of behavior because that we value in that moment pleasure over satisfaction and when you value pleasure over satisfaction you will not get the results you want in the long term you will have moments of, of pleasure right but you're not going to have the long-term satisfaction you want when i'm on the road and i need to grab a quick meal i don't always uh, grab something that is satisfying i grab something that will uh, bring some pleasure I mean, if we're just being completely blunt here, when I'm on the road, I'm away from my family, I'm away from my kids, no matter how quiet it actually is when I'm away from my kids because they're very loud because they're like me. Uh, I'm like, ah, I mean, I need some pleasure in my life because I'm not with the people I love. I'm now going to take this heinous piece of food that is delicious for a little bit. I'm going to jam it into my, my uh, face hole. That is seeking pleasure and not seeking satisfaction. Seeking satisfaction would be, you know what? I'll have a chopped salad. Or I'll have a piece of salmon with a side of asparagus, right? That, that is satisfaction. And don't get me wrong. Are chopped salad and salmon with a side of asparagus, are they delicious? Yeah, they are. Very delicious. In fact, last night I had salmon with a side of asparagus. It was delicious. But when I'm feeling stressed and when I'm feeling just out of my sorts, I'll eat something that's terrible. Financially, we do the same thing. And we get so addicted to this pleasure-seeking that that's when we get in trouble. So case study number two... This could be a hard one to fix. And this one, if you're in this situation, man, you're not going to like me over the next six or seven minutes. Any more than you already do. Uh, so here we go. This is a couple that are in their 30s. Let's call them 35 years old. They have $120,000 household income. We're talking upper middle class 30-somethings. They got two car payments, at least 300 bucks each. One's 350 the other one's 500 40% of their money is going to their mortgage payment. 40% of their take-home pay is going to their mortgage payment, which if you look at the ideal household budget, we wanted about 25%. So 40% is out of, out of bounds. And I would also say two car payments is going to take them out as well. They have two children. Hopefully they're not as loud as my children. Um, and they go on vacation every year because you can't put a price tag on memories. You actually can. 
uh, they have low college savings, right? Because they're adding so many experiences and their kids play travel sports. They've got moderate retirement savings, okay? So they have, I don't know, $100,000 set aside for retirement. So if these people look at their lives right now, if they ran their power percentage, what they would see is their power percentage is below 10%. You know, these people, by all outward appearances, if you know these people, you would actually view their financial life. They're in a better position than you. I hate when we have to go up against the whole uh, keeping up with the Joneses notion, but I want to explore it from a, a little deeper uh, angle here. Um, the issue here isn't that they're trying to keep up with anyone. What I'm trying to get across to you is if you looked at these people's lives, maybe this is a coworker, they seem like they've got it together. They drive nicer cars. They've got a nice house. They're probably very friendly. I'm not even calling them materialistic. They live life. They go on vacations. They post pictures on Instagram of like doing jumps on the beach with their kids, right? They got nice clothes. They got nice shoes. Got nice handbags, nice belts. I don't know. I never look at anybody's belts, but you know what I mean. The reality is their power percentage is low and objectively they are on the path to ruin. Now the challenge here is twofold. Number one, how do you get them to change your lifestyle? Um, and number two, um, their belief that they can make changes later and still be okay. That goes back to our assertion in the earlier segment. Everyone thinks that they can, oh, well, we'll turn it around. I'm going to turn it around then. I'm going to do not work financially. They just don't because time passes. When time passes financially, when you've got an asset that ideally is earning a rate of return, and time passes without an asset getting that rate of return year after year after year, you lose the power of compounding. And that's a big problem. So if you're in this situation that I've just described, you're in your mid-30s, you spend a ton on housing, you spend a ton on transportation, you spend a ton on vacation, you don't put a lot towards college or towards savings, you're in, you're in trouble. All right, so here's the solution. Man, you don't want to hear this. I'm, you just don't. I think they either have to move or they need to get rid of a car and buy a cheap car with cash. I think they need to obviously crank up their retirement savings. I think they need to skip vacations for two or three years. Let's say they spend three to $5,000 on a vacation. By the way, those pricing vacations based on what some friends had gone on a vacation, I started, I wasn't trying to, whoa, I wonder how much they spent. Actually, that's exactly what I did now that I think about it. But I wasn't doing it to be like, I wonder how much money they have, because I, I already know. I was just wondering, it was like, well, if we went on that, what would it cost? And it was like three to 5,000 bucks. I was like, wow. So let's say these people don't go on vacation. They go on vacation once every three years. Then what we start to do is we start to increase their power percentage so they're not consuming all of their income in the moment. And that's the challenge with these people is that in your mid-30s, you're feeling good. You've actually got some, some income it's not like in your 20s when you're just, you know, you're just trying to survive a little bit. I've been there. I know. But in your 30s, you get in this stuff accumulation phase. You're doing rehab projects on your house or you're, you're going to the next best house. You're, you're increasing the size of your house. You're getting nicer cars. You no longer drive that car that got you through college. Hell, maybe you're getting a minivan, right? Maybe you've, you've given up the coolness and you're like, ah, I'm going to be in a minivan. But you know what turns out? Minivans are the most expensive cars on the planet. 
It's like, should we get a Maserati or should we get a minivan with TVs in the back of the headrests? What I see every day are people in this case study number two. People in the 30s, they make plenty of money. If your household income, especially in the Midwest, if you're, well, okay, let me say this even differently. As long as you're not in one of the top five or six cities uh, from an expense standpoint, you can make $100,000 and have a beautiful living, uh, pay off your past, have a great present, and fund your future. But we convince ourselves, A, that our income will constantly increase, and B, that we'll hit hit no big bumps along the way. So what's going to happen to these people, because it always happens to these people, because I see it all the time, is at some point in time, they'll realize that they can't keep increasing their lifestyle. And they may turn into our first case study was they may get to age uh, 50, have a 15% power percentage, and really nothing to show for it other than a bunch of great memories. Now, don't get me wrong. I want you to have great memories. I want you to spend time with your family, do stuff, live life, experience all sorts of things. But if the next 30 to 40 years of your life in retirement or, or, or what the cost is, what are we doing? Go to PeteThePlanner.com. Check out the power percentage. It's free, by the way. Here's what's not free. Uh, <laughs> take my million-dollar plan course. You, you can go to the store at PeteThePlanner.com. We, it, it revolves around the power, power percentage. We show you how to take your income and turn it into uh, hopefully a million dollars in assets over time. No promises. No promises. And you have to qualify to take the course. Check uh, the details on the site at PeteThePlanner.com. The million dollar plan course. We've had a lot of people go through it, and we've got a lot of people on the path to their million dollars uh, on more. I mean, the harsh reality is you quickly learn is you need more than a million dollars. All right, here's what we're going to do. Coming up after the break, biggest waste of money of the week. Boom. That's for you next here on the million dollar plan. I'm Pete the Planner. Every day living through the peace of my soul, I remain whole even in the middle of the pain. Even though my life has the rain, I still remain sane, writing and creating for my life. And my pen is my sword given by the Lord, and I use it to fight the tides of restriction. Sometimes I'm conflicted by myself looking at the trees too much and can't see the forest. Enemies shall inherit the earth, and I want to inherit something, something other than the high blood pressure and diabetes. So work is what I gotta do. Stay true to my enemy and water the trees that I sing from and look out for the lumberjacks. Running with the gale force wind at my back. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring, I remain calm. Swift and enduring. All right, this week's entire show is dedicated to uh, the turnaround. If you've struggled financially for years and you're ready to turn it around and you want to know if it's too late or not, uh, go find the rest of the show. We're, I mean, we're at the end now. Uh, so. Uh, go to uh, PeteThePlanner.com, find the podcast, go to iTunes, wherever you get podcasts, uh, Million Dollar Plan, and check out the turnaround episode. This week's Blom, biggest waste of money, is the Mimeo robot lawnmower. Using a combination of the company's highly reliable engines and robotics know-how, the Mimeo, or Mimo, no one knows, robot lawnmower is Honda's latest tool for tackling your yard work. It relies on a boundary wire to know where it's supposed to mow. 
automatically sensing obstacles, pets, humans, with a set of 360-degree sensors and a floating cover for contact detection. There's a seasonal timer that can match its cutting interval with the rate of growth, multiple cutting modes to handle a variety of lawns, and anti-theft features that keep it secure when you're not around. It's available in two models capable of cutting for 30 or 60 minutes before recharging and will be available starting in June for the cost of over $2,500. Okay, there's so much. I mean, look, I know that I'm being a hater, as the kids call it right now, but there's so much wrong with this. Number one, mow your lawn. It's one of the great pleasures in life is mowing your own lawn. Walk. Get some. Here's the trick. Wear your Fitbit when you mow your lawn, like I do. And the vibration of the mower tricks the Fitbit into doing like 10 steps for every step. And then at the end of the day, you go to your wife and you're like, I had like a 25,000 step day. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely taking my health seriously. And she'll be like, you know what? That's great, sweetie. Come here. Give me a hug. And you're like, <laughs> I tricked you. Mow your lawn yourself. Number one, this is a robot with flying knives on the bottom. Oh, let's say it runs over your dog's um, uh, waist. And then it's got, it's just slinging waste everywhere. It's a terrible idea. Anti-theft, what happens? Does it just start cutting the people? It's a terrible idea. I know this makes me like a, a, a Luddite or Luddite, whatever you call people that don't want technology. But that's a terrible, I love mowing my grass. You put headphones in. I don't have to listen to my kids screaming. Terrible idea. I'm such a curmudgeon. I'm sorry. Hey, thanks for listening this week. Uh, or you can watch PeteThePlanner.tv. See our new wood. We need a hashtag. Pete's new wood. Check it out. It's great. It's like a red wood, but it's not. Check it out. PeteThePlanner.tv. Thanks for listening. I'm done. Let's get to sit here and drink my coffee. So uh, sending you good vibes because good vibes are all that's in the budget. This is a million dollar plan. I'm Pete the Planner. If you want to be on this podcast and have Pete fix your money right, then hit us up at PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. You heard me. PeteThePlanner.com slash podcast. Log on. This is for information purposes only. It's not the Swiss financial planning device. Consult a financial divisor. Release from Everest, the fresh is fresh, and you can call me ET or to John Tesh. Let me bless this harmonic presentation. It's amazing, so amazing. I'm the reason. Uh, salutations, I bring you love, trying greetings from a far away land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, trying can restore your health. I bring you greetings. Uh, Salutations, how you doing? And is that how y'all say it? The tinkling of the keys is an homage to the little, little star. I sojourn over poetic descriptions of sound to travel to my other world. Out of this world, spaceship on my arm took me home, filled by the ink and the megabytes and the hypertext transfer protocol stronger than the Skynet and the Terminator. I push faders into warp speed, glide with ease, creating a breeze they call a black hole, event horizon, no rear view concerns. This I adjourn, and beats I burn, this I adjourn, and beats I burn. 
salutations. I bring you love, trying greetings from a faraway land. I am the soul controller. Put the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love, try can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?